Welcome back. After taking a couple weeks off for summer, welcome welcome to the season premiere of the Mark My Words podcast. It does. It feels like it is a season premiere, like we're starting off the new television season. Exactly. Right? I mean, you know, we, we, we get we get the middle and the Goldbergs next week and you and you get us this week. <laughs> Fair enough. That works. I like that. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, of course, am Brodigan. As, as you hear, I'm joined by the Duchess County Executive, Mark Marlinaro. Welcome. Thank you. It's nice to be back on the air. So how was your summer? Uh, Actually, very, very good. A lot of family time and uh, certainly a lot of uh, exciting things going on in Dutchess County. So uh, uh, I am uh, I'm I'm sorry to see the summer coming to an end, but uh, I am happy to see my kids go back to school. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, speaking of one of those exciting things, uh, I know you you had said in your state of the county this year how you wanted to make sure that Dutchess was the uh, healthiest county in the state. And I, I, as luck would have it, because uh, we scheduled to record this before you announced the uh, the press conference today, Dutchess County recognized as Healthy Community 50s members and healthiest cities and counties challenge. challenge. Yeah, yeah, what, is yeah. that, what is that and what does it mean? <laughs> so uh, we are uh, and have been selected by the National Association of Counties, along with the Aetna Foundation, uh, as one of the 50 finalists across the state of New York uh, with an effort uh, to become uh, a healthy city, healthy county. In the case of Dutchess, uh, this is uh, not only our goal within the next decade uh, to be the healthiest county in the state of New York, but this is a very specific program that we've put forth uh, Aetna and uh, NACO are, are funding the next stage of this effort, uh, which is to take uh, microgreens. These are uh, highly nutritious, very densely nutritious, uh, uh, small, uh, if you will, uh, 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 greens uh, that are grown in indoor gardens in the city of Poughkeepsie. So taking a, a you know former uh, office space and turning it into uh, uh, a microgreen garden and taking this very nutritious uh, option. Uh, and bringing it to two vulnerable populations. Uh, In America, the most vulnerable uh, populations as it relates uh, to access to quality and nutritious foods are seniors uh, and and youth. Uh, Certainly those uh, at the lower end of the income scale have more difficult uh, access to quality food. Uh, And we're taking these microgreens, uh, which are being grown and harvested in the city of Poughkeepsie, uh, by individuals uh, who uh, are former in, formerly incarcerated. So this is part of transition programming where we're teaching new skills and helping people transition back into the community. And we're taking these nutritious uh, options and we're bringing them to after-school programs in the city, uh, to uh, one of the city of Poughkeepsie elementary schools, uh, and to our senior lunch program. Uh, where we'll uh, provide this uh, nutritious option and then monitor and and catalog uh, progress and uh, and collect the data to prove that this this kind of infusion of of healthy food options can produce uh, great outcomes for uh, for populations that too often uh, have limited access to quality food homegrown in in their own community. Yeah. And- the, the thing I like best about this, and you know, we're going to be discussing uh, think differently a little later. And I know, you know, when you say think differently, it's specifically you're talking about um, 
when it comes to like you know kids overcoming disabilities but you could really apply think differently to everything and in this yeah. case it's like you know how we provide food yes what is and 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 we know this nationwide there are too many in particular young people and seniors who are living in poverty who don't have access to quality food options and because of that are are forced to make choices that you know don't provide them uh, the greatest uh, health outcomes now this is a goal just again to be able to to grow the product uh, in the inner city in a way that is uh, is effective and efficient to employ individuals uh, who need job skills in order to re-enter the community, re-enter the workforce from from jail uh, or prison setting, uh, and in this case provide this nutritious option uh, to these populations and to prove that by uh, providing this as an alternative, as a healthy choice, uh, we can improve healthy outcomes. And it is in an area and, and with a population that at too often uh, is too high at risk. And, and we think that the, this is not only going to be a great uh, effort in Duchess, but it's a model that we think can open the door uh, for other, uh, other communities and other efforts like it. And we're hopeful uh, that Duchess County qualifies for the second round. Uh, we were selected as uh, one of 50 in the first round, and we hope to be selected for the second round to make this a, a broader effort. But it is all part of our effort in Duchess uh, to uh, produce healthier outcomes and to be the healthiest county in the state of New York. And that's uh, producing healthier uh, outcomes on the positive end. Uh, yes. Unfortunately, on the negative end. And I remember a couple of years ago, um, it came out in the news, uh, I think it was John Bon Jovi's daughter uh, had overdosed on heroin in college. Yeah. And I remember thinking, wow, that's a random drug for someone to be overdosing on in 2000 and we'll say 14. Uh, but I, I still don't understand how it came back so hard, but I know there's been a major problem with heroin use in New York and in this country. And I know you took part in and were at uh, the Poughkeepsie Journal held a forum yesterday, if you could talk yeah. a little about that. Well, Dutchess County um, has seen far too many overdoses uh, as it relates to drug addiction and drug abuse, and we've been organizing our efforts to really respond uh, to opiate and heroin uh, addiction and, and abuse. Uh, but last night, uh, uh, the Poughkeepsie Journal did host a forum really to, to vet this in, a, in an open way uh, and to talk about what the challenges are. Now, I, I want to say this up front. The the issue of opiate and heroin abuse and addiction uh, is the public health health crisis of our day. It is the public health crisis of our day, and it's reached epidemic uh, levels. And there are far too many people who are dying because of it. Now, uh, in an effort to limit uh, the amount of prescription drugs that end up in the hands of of individuals uh, who uh, are feeding an addiction. Um, heroin grew uh, as a as a cheaper option and what what has occurred now is that you have this uh, sadly this broad access to both um, opiates prescription drugs painkillers and access to uh, cheaper heroin than had been in the past and it's it's feeding this addiction and uh, the dialogue that occurred out of, the, of this uh, forum, it was very, very useful. It's, it's conversations that we've heard time and time again from families, from individuals who have lost family members, from, from addicts who are in, in recovery and, and other service providers. But it really continues to focus what is, you know, a, 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 what needs to be a multi-layered response. You know, uh, it, we, we have to be focused on law enforcement. We have to be engaged in prevention. We have to be sure that we have intervention services and that we're helping people 
through a recovery and treatment. And the problem is there are, there are public policies that just aren't sufficient uh, to providing the right assistance for the right period of time. And addiction, and we have to combat the stigma, addiction is a mental health issue that needs to be confronted as a mental health issue. No one chooses to be addicted to drugs. So uh, in Duchess, we've been training law enforcement. Every police officer on the street will have crisis intervention training so that they're prepared to deal with mental health crises. They're prepared to deal with addiction, those who are dealing with uh, uh, and in the throes of addiction. We're building a crisis stabilization center where we'll be able to provide short-term treatment, detox, and stabilization for individuals. It'll be one of a kind in the state of New York. We're building a transition center that with, within it will be for those who are incarcerated. We'll provide intense detox and recovery uh, assistance to help transition people back out into the community. But there are areas that are still we still have great need. There, the, the, the amount of drugs and, and that can be prescribed and for the period of time they can be prescribed and the act Access to prescription drugs have, has to be confronted by state and federal uh, regulators and, 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 and lawmakers. Uh, the fact that there are not enough long-term detox and recovery beds and, and programs either in existence and or supported by either health insurance, uh, private insurance, or uh, the government has to be confronted. You cannot uh, say to someone who's in the throes of addiction that uh, they, they get 72 hours of uh, recovery and then they're on their own. Uh, there needs to be a all-out response to this. And I think by building the coalitions within communities and working at multiple layers uh, within government, we can address it. But uh, it is the public health crisis of our day, and we are losing too many people. And, you know, say someone's listening to this podcast right now who either has a problem or has someone in their family who has a problem and isn't sure where to turn. What can they do? Well, in Dutchess County, uh, you know, we encourage people uh, to do one of two things. If they if there is a, if they are in a, a serious medical emergency, always dial 911. Uh, if there is a serious health crisis where someone is really at risk, always dial 911 and we'll respond. Now, we also operate a 24-hour a day, 7-day a week helpline and I'd ask people to uh, uh, go online and, and Google Dutchess County helpline and uh, you can download either the app, uh, you can see the phone number and we have um, mental health professionals available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on the other end of the phone or the text to provide direct assistance. And uh, we can dispatch our mobile intervention team. We have mental health professionals available. We go out into the community to respond to, to needs and we can, we can help uh, assist. And by the end of this year, we'll have our stabilization built, stabilization center built, where in fact, we, you can walk in. You can, as, as an addict, as someone who's, who's a family member of someone who's dealing uh, with uh, the, the uh, the demons of addiction. You can just walk in the door, no questions asked, and we'll try to uh, assess the situation, uh, provide a, a safe place to stabilize, uh, and uh, try to link them up, the individual up with longer-term care and assistance. So uh, in an emergency dial 911, and, and I'd encourage people to visit Dutchess County Helpline, uh, and you can download the app and find the information to uh, be able to reach us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And uh, while the podcast took a couple weeks off, you definitely didn't take a couple weeks off. And <laughs> out of out of all the things you've been busy doing, um, the the Think Differently, the statewide Think Differently initiative uh, started to take off. Because I, I know you were in Troy, and there are a couple other things. If you could just recap the past like couple weeks of uh, thinking differently. 
Right now, Think Differently is our genuine call to action, a challenge uh, to every resident, every business, every community uh, organization that do we have it within ourselves uh, to treat every individual of every ability with the respect, the assistance, and the support that they deserve. And, and this Think Differently campaign has been embraced throughout Dutchess County. Uh, we've gotten great buy-in from, from the community. We were announced the appointment of the first in the state uh, deputy commissioner for special needs within Dutchess County government. Uh, uh, Tony Sherfella is uh, working as the point of contact in Dutchess County to help organize our services uh, for those with special needs, to help highlight uh, the challenges and the obstacles facing those uh, with special needs, and really to advocate for families and individuals of every ability. At the same time, we've asked, uh, thanks to the association, New York State Association of Counties, communities across the state to embrace Think Differently. To date, we have 35 municipalities across the state that have adopted our Think Differently resolutions. Uh, the city of Troy, the first in the state to do so. We had a Think Differently forum there with great dialogue, and they're off and running. And the best part about Think Differently is it is about just thinking and coming up with new ways that fit your community, your business, uh, in order to address and assist those uh, with special needs. At the same time, uh, uh, we'll be attending the New York State Association uh, of Counties conference where we'll be presenting on Think Differently uh, and trying to uh, really offer uh, ideas and uh, next steps for municipalities to engage in, think differently, and find ways within their community to encourage their residents to embrace every individual, every neighbor of every ability. And, and just to wrap up on a personal note, because I, I know we talked a little about your love of the Zach Brown Band uh, last podcast. <laughs> yes, I did, by the way, I did. <laughs> and, uh, th- uh, this week, we just started doing what we're going to call uh, West Wing Wednesdays, because like most political junkies, uh, you are a big fan of the West Wing. If you could I talk, am. If you could talk a little about that, and no, I will not put you on the spot and have you draw comparisons to the presidential race. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, <laughs> although I would, I would offer to you that uh, we should have more President Bartlett's in the world. Um, I, uh, I, I was a West Wing fan. I remain a West Wing fan. You know, I, I watch House of Cards and I enjoy it, but West Wing is sort of that inspirational uh, version of of what we would want government to to feel like, to be like. And in many ways, you know, uh, there are characters that sort of uh, you know embodied a great amount of uh, hopefulness uh, uh, within uh, within government. And of course, uh, for me, uh, you know. President Bartlett uh, spoke uh, the way uh, I would want my leaders to speak, and uh, we thought, uh, you and I uh, thought this would be a nice way just to remind people, uh, not only the great television series, but, uh, you know, I think we would all benefit um, if we had uh, more elected leaders who uh, really strive to be a little bit more like those characters on, on television. They're imperfect, uh, make bad decisions, uh, but but always seemingly trying uh, to do better and to do the work of public service for the right reasons. And I just think that we could use a little bit of that uh, in our lives these days. And I, I also think one of the most brilliant parts of the show is that, I mean, let's be honest, you know, you and I are on a different side of the aisle than President Bartlett or President Santos. <laughs> sure. But, um, but watching the show, I mean, it didn't, there are a lot of TV shows where you feel like, you know, almost like, you know, you're being insulted or it just gets like too political or too preachy. I've never got that watching a single episode of The West Wing. 
No, it's true, and and yeah, and, and you and you felt like uh, you know first it was I mean listen, it was a good TV show. It was a yeah. quality TV show. I mean, it was fast acting. You got enough information to feel like you're watching an intelligent uh, program. At the same time, you didn't feel like these were people talking down at you, and you didn't, by the way, finish watching the show and think, oh, I have to shower and clean up. I felt too, you know, <laughs> I feel like I hope that isn't the way government works. So I mean, you know, it is. It's a it's an aspirational version of uh, American government, and I can only tell you that uh, I just uh, you know for me it's you know in particular the president Martin Sheen who I got to meet when I was in the state assembly spoke with a voice that I would want my president to speak with and in some ways I say with total lack of humility spoke in a way that that I often would would like to speak like yeah. well let's let's leave it there county executive thank you thank you uh, and uh, thank you to everyone for listening uh oh, actually I'll give you any closing thoughts no, I, listen. We're good. Let's uh, uh, let's start off the fall with uh, you know a little bit of talk of that, and uh, we'll be we'll be on together uh, uh, real soon. I'm sure we can talk about uh, you know politics or something next time. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe a little bit. Yeah. But uh, thank you for everyone for listening. For mark my words, I can follow Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, and we'll talk to you soon. Uh-huh.